All right. Let's let's see if we can do this. <laughs> I have my doubts. <laughs> if we pull together as a team, <laughs> we can fail together as a team. That's right. As usual. And come through in the fourth quarter and maybe make this thing respectable. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcasts that help SEAL Team 6 locate Carmen Sandiego in a shelter inside of Kandahar. <laughs> I am John the, uh, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, uh, the red link of the podcast. Um, I've got the best armor. Um, I, I'm joined by, um, Chad, the, uh, the, the purple link. Um, cause that was okay. a thing in Four Swords, so why not? Um, Charlie, the, uh, the Green Link. The only one that anyone cares about or remembers. It's true, and that happens whenever we go to a convention. And, uh, <laughs> Dylan, the Blue Link, cause Dylan, you actually factually cosplay the Blue Link, so. Yes, so. You, you, you get that one. Um. But, you know, I don't think that really says anything about any of us. No, nope, like- not. Members of Voltron does. It's it's just an arbitrary. It sure was, wasn't it? <laughs> um, this week, uh, we w- this weekend actually we went to Yomicon, So this week is uh, going to be a uh, a recap of that convention, uh, the things we did, what was said. Uh, you gotta eat when you can. <laughs> oh my gosh! And uh, nothing, nothing untoward meant by that. Dylan, you have a dirty mind. No, I'm just going to... Yes, he does. We'll, we'll tell that story later. But, uh... He really does have a dirty mind, so... Sure. Uh, anyway, it'll be kind of a... You know, what we've done for other recent uh, convention episodes. This will be our uh, last convention episode for a while, at least for the remainder of this year and probably a good chunk of next year, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so sit back, enjoy, and then, you know... We'll probably maybe do something for Christmas, but you know, but aside from that, we'll be back to, to pretty consistent normal programming or whatever qualifies as normal for us. But uh, Yamicon, second year, uh, still in uh, the same. What is it? The Ramada in uh, in Pigeon Forge? Or? I think it's the Smoky Mountain Convention Center, which is right next to the Ramada. Yeah. Well, they don't. They have like some of the the hotel rooms from, from the Ramada rented out, don't they? True. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where the gaming and everything was. Yeah, so uh, an interesting setup, uh, a little bit unique from anything we've seen before. Um, I want to go ahead and get this out of the way, because last year um, I had some serious concerns about um, the space they were using, because it seemed way too full the entire time that we were there, and this year... Um, either numbers were way down, which I doubt, um, or they did a significantly better job at negotiating space. And part of it was they had, uh, these little tents set up outside and, and, uh, tents, probably not the best word to describe it, but I'm, I'm lacking a better, that, I mean, that was essentially it. And I, yeah, when we first got, when we first got into the parking lot i had some serious serious reservations about that because my initial thought was okay you know they're probably bigger this year they're in the same space um they're using tents that take up part of the parking lot so where are these extra people more than last year going to be parking which was interesting in and of itself because we ended up um we ended up having to park on a hill or up a hill and it had gotten very muddy in parts of it, but actually was, was actually fairly easily negotiable. Like it, it was one of those things that when we first got there and first parked, you know, the, my, my initial reaction was, Oh man, this, this is, this is not a, an auspicious start. Yeah. At it, all. it, it, 
it seemed a little wonky, but um, thankfully the the slope that you have to walk down is paved. I mean, once you get yeah. out of the the dirt itself, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was rainy all day, but mercifully, you know, there wasn't like any ice or sleet. And then that we really would have gotten into some questionable territory. But um, as it was, everything worked out really well. And then putting the uh, the panels in those. Um, in those two sort of, you know, makeshift tent pavilions, uh, was actually a really good idea, and they actually had them really, really well heated. Yeah, yeah. actually better, better heated, I thought, than the main convention space, which oh, was yeah. really cool. Like it was, it was a, you know, seeing them and like, oh, this is not going to be good. But then, like the moment we actually went to a panel in one, it was like, okay, this actually. This is actually that what what seems really awful in theory in execution was actually kind of brilliant. Yeah, and I think like I, I was really impressed with the fact that they did that because what it what it definitely shows is I, I suspect they're limited in terms of their venue options versus oh I'm sure how much you know they've got budgeted for that versus how much they got budgeted for guests and things like that. Because really, I mean, and granted, I don't know. None of us really know the 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 venue, um, the venue atmosphere, whatever. Yeah. In in, the area. in in those you know the Gatlinburg, Sevierville, Pigeon Forge area, but the only ones that I'm immediate, the only other one that I'm immediately aware of of any decent size is that really huge one that Anime Southeast uses, which has got to be ungodly expensive. Yeah, and like I, is, I just feel. I just feel like the fact that they were using the the tents. Yeah. It's not only you know they they were very much prepared and they they were using the the space that they yeah. could afford. It was a really. Best. But not only that, obviously the people that um, rent out the space were working with them very well, which is that's a great yeah. con- combination for a uh, convention that's just getting started. Yeah. It was a it was a really novel approach I thought because I mean I've seen I mean, we've all seen like tents or awnings or whatever used um at conventions in a very limited capacity like I know MTAC used them a couple times for outdoor events when when it looked like the weather was going to be bad that sort of thing but but it was only for events that were originally going to be outdoors that needed to be outdoors. It, I mean, this is the this is the first time I've ever seen actual, honest to god, panel rooms set up as outdoor events. But it worked really well. I mean, yeah, I, I would prefer that they you know eventually move to the to the location that Anime Southeast is at. But you know we're talking holiday season, which is a yes. big big time for for that area. I mean everything is just decked out, and as Dylan calls it, it is a wreath laden hellscape. Yes. Um, Although, pro tip: if you're coming from the south, um, get on three twenty one, drive through Maryville, up through Wears Valley Road. There's less of the horror of Sevierville and Pigeon Forge. Oh yeah, I, even I mean, even if the traffic, like we don't know what the traffic situation was, you know, between the interstate and and Pigeon Forge, we can guess that it was awful. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe this was an off weekend because of the weather. But even but even that being the case, I still think we made the right choice by taking. I mean, the roads in some cases are kind of like squiggly mountain roads, and this was in the rain and cold, but it was still perfectly manageable. The traffic was so so light. Um, the last I, year, too. Yeah. So I would, I would. I mean, granted, coming back, I think both of us took the interstate because the traffic on the parkway, the main drag, you know, through through Sevierville Pigeon Forge, wasn't all that heavy. So I think going back the on the interstate was probably the right choice, but but going up the the back way, it, I mean I would do that every time. Yeah, uh, it's it's not only that, um, but you get to take the scenic route and see the law of time. Yeah, that that was a thing we saw. I, and I don't even know how to do the, what. <laughs> there is no way to describe this thing. The what? It's it's some sort of I don't know sculpture question mark. <laughs> And there's a sign, it's out on the back roads, 
going into Pigeon Forge. So you're talking. To be fair, the commercialism of that area has like spilled out into the, yeah, the country. But, but you don't even get that far. Like you know, it's before you see all the little kitschy shops and shit like that. There's just this <laughs> weird ass abstract. <laughs> Thing on the side of the road, what? and it has a sign that says "The Law of Time" with no other explanation, as if that's all you need. Like they just dropped the microphone and walked away. Like, what are you gonna say to this? Well, not a damn thing, because I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. It was brilliant because I, I had the same thought. I was like, the person that made this really thought that it was self-explanatory. Let's not stop. Anywhere near this house. No, no, do not. Uh, you do not want to break down next to the law of time. That's, I've seen that movie. I know how it is. <laughs> Squeal like a pig. I mean, uh-huh. oh my god. Um, anyway, back back to the convention proper. Um, so where where do you guys want to start? Because we we basically just did Saturday. It's it's fairly close to where we live. You know, within an hour of. Uh, where Dylan and I live, so um, we just spent Saturday there. But um, you guys want to start with maybe the the dealers' room because I think that was the first thing we did. Yeah, yeah. that's that. Um, first, well, no, first off, because because Dylan did have an actual factual register pre registration. Oh, that's right. And all that, I mean, let Dylan talk about it, but it seemed like it was it was a pretty simple process. Well, I mean, we since we were doing one day, we came there pretty late-ish compared to when most people, you know, who, you know, stayed the night. Um, well, yeah, but still, Saturday, like, at, at yeah, most conventions, like, Saturday around noonish, which is when we showed up, is still going to be, you know, registration is usually, it, it's going to take you a few minutes, at least. Yeah, well, it... I mean, it was just, like, we walked in, there was no line, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, and and... More important, not more importantly, I guess, but the the press passes were also easy, which is also like there's usually some confusion about that. It, mm-hmm. There was like basically no friction. Um, I mean, it didn't even think. Y- you mean it. they actually believe that we're some kind of legitimate, you know? People do. It's it's wow. the darndest thing. That's that's scary. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're not legitimate. We're, we're too legitimate. No, no, we're legitimate. We're too legitimate to quit a minute. That's that is a fact. Hey, hey. <laughs> um. But then I guess yeah. After that, the first thing we really did would have been the dealer's room, right? Yeah, and and uh, I do have to say I was happy that when we did go into the the registration line, they knew immediately where to send us four press passes. So. That's yep. always a good thing because everyone handles it differently, so we never know where to go. But uh, they they fortunately pointed this out, and it took no time whatsoever. Um, dealer's room, I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, it was fairly large, but mm-hmm. and it had a good selection. But you know, I I've kind of reached sort of a saturation point with dealer's rooms where you know there I usually just don't don't bother too much anymore. It yeah. was it, it was pretty nice though. That seemed to be what they what they did with the space that they cleared out by taking two of the panel rooms out of the convention center and putting them outside. It see it looked to me from the map that basically that space was given over to the, to increase the size of the dealers room from last year. So it was a little bit bigger. Um, the selection seemed pretty good. Like it yeah. wasn't. It was definitely. Um, Actually, I think it was a little more anime, um, a little more, a little more anime concentrated than it was last year because I seem to recall, like my big takeaway from last year's dealers room at Yonkon was, wow, they that feels like you know a like a multi fandom convention dealers room, and it was like it was it was all over the place, and it and it and there were a lot of like. Um, uh, it felt a little more like the dealer's room that, that I don't know if it still is the case, but used to be the case at like Adventure Con where it was, was like a lot of old toys. It sounded, it, it, it seems like that's what a lot of, and I don't know if this is the case with them in particular, but it, that's, that's kind of what it is with the local, 
yeah dealers and that kind of thing they do focus on that and it, I think, it's more general pop culture stuff it it really is the the it, if they're getting the same crowd that's going that is filling out adventure con every year then well yeah but this really i have to i have to say that this year though definitely was a lot more uh concentrated on on anime or felt felt so i mean they still they still had some a couple booths that were definitely more like toys, and it wasn't just anime stuff. It was Doctor Who, of... ponies, that sort of thing. Well, there was some like, of well, Game of Thrones. But, but you're always gonna that. It's gotten to the point. Yeah, where yeah. You're just always no, I... But I mean, like there was there, like there was that one really huge booth that had just a ton of action figures and Transformers and stuff like that. There was, uh, but then you also had like plushies. You had, I mean, it it was a it was a really it was a more it was more anime, but still a very varied mix of the types of stuff that people were selling. You had that one booth that had like way more like a lot of varieties of Pocky, like not quite what WYSIWYG used to have, but like yeah. I was saying it at uh, the Anime Blast Chattanooga uh, podcast, like kind of I remember that, and it seems like for a while I wasn't able to really find anything more than you could get at your yeah. average oh. international market. Actually, that does remind me really quick, off note, just for Dylan, uh, World Market, I saw World the Rare Cheesecake Pocky, and uh, I am told that Sunrise Market has the Tropical Pocky. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, the dealer's room... Um, it's a lot of the dealers that you will see, you know, to, at any convention you go to the southeast. But again, it 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 was, it was a good variety of stuff. A little more anime centered than I thought it was last year, which is good. Um, and obviously a little bigger. I they they did they did a I thought a really good job with it and the way it was yes, laid out, definitely. how they utilized the space. Um, I, I thought was was rather well done. Um, so after the dealer's room, what did we do after that? I think we made a tour through Artist Alley for a little bit, and yep. then we went to uh, yep. our first panel. Yes. And, and and again, the Artist Alley and then the section where they sort of put the artist guests and writer guests, uh, that layout was, was roughly, un, almost exactly, I guess, unchanged from last year, where you had the two aisles. The one aisle or, or hallway that sort of led to the dealer's room in one of the panel rooms uh that was the um, the sort of walk of fame, as it were, and then you went through the dealer's room, came out where the artist alley was on the other hallway that led you back up to the to the main stage area. Um, so it was it was roughly unchanged, which I I, I do like that setup because you can basically do one circle and and catch dealer's room, artist alley, walk from all of that and the main stage, you know, all in one circuit. Um, so I I like that layout, but anyway, then then our first panel, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty ingenious and it's very good if you're a, a an artist or you know one of the guests there because there's no way that you're just going to get ignored and sometimes you know artist alley or some of the I don't know what you call them so are the more non uh, maybe B tier guests you know they only stick somebody out to the side. Yes. Where it's kind of like out of the main path, and it's like you know you're not going to get any foot traffic there naturally. So they yeah. did a very good job well, of making sure that you're I always going to get traffic uh, yes. for both uh, for both sections. And I guess well, in a way, rather than calling it B guests, it tends to be the guests that are also there to sell something. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, they'll even some of the bigger guests will have stuff to sell, but it's usually they'll have it at their signing. And yeah. then somebody else that's that maybe they rely a little bit more on those sales. You know, they've got a table that's just kind of out in no yeah. man's land. But you make a good point. That's one of the nice things about Yamakon. If you're an artist or one of the the guests that sell, actually having a table to to sell autographs and whatnot, is that you have no choice but to get traffic. Like they, you are not, you are not. It, it, they don't. You don't. You never get in the way. You know, they don't put you out somewhere where you're actually obstructing traffic, but you are going to get all the traffic because of the layout. And that was, and I, so I, I actually, the way they did the, the, the entrance and exit for the dealer's room was pretty brilliant to, to make sure that, you know, 
I, I cannot imagine an artist or someone complaining, oh, my table never got any traffic. Because I don't know what convention you were at if you're making that complaint, but it, it was not Yamakana. Um, so, I guess, first panel, uh, dating advice with the manpower. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Asian Phil the dog. Whose birthday it was. It was his birthday. Um, I don't remember ever going, they said they've been running this panel for a while. Maybe, yeah, like several years. maybe I've gone to it once before and have forgotten, but I don't seem I- to remember doing this very much. Like, this isn't something that they do at a lot of the conventions that we've yeah. been to. I yeah, think they, they also said that they do it, like, as an after-dark thing occasionally, so that it may just be something that overlapped with something else. Or that was so late that I was already in bed, because yeah. I'm an old man. I, I don't know, because I had the same thing. I was like, oh, wow, they've, gone, they've been doing this panel for a few years, and I've somehow never gone to it. Yeah, maybe I've gone to it and have forgotten, but I had no recollection of doing it. Yeah, I don't think I ever had. Um, super fun. Um, yeah. It, you know, they, it, it is what it sounds like. It was, you know, the guys from the Manpower and uh, our friend Phil... Uh, who happens to be Asian, therefore has the moniker of Asian Phil, but um, we, we did not give him that name just so everyone's clear. no that that is that is not of our doing. But uh, he was there, and basically it was people to ask questions, and Chris and Greg and Phil would give these answers. And Cody. And then Cody would give the correct answer. <laughs> that is true. Cody was like, ah, ah. actually, even. Even even Phil and Chris and Greg gave correct answers, but they were always, like, veiled in something funny. Like, Greg talking about, like, yes, I've made lots of bad decisions. Like, you know, dating my lead guitarist, you know, ex-girlfriend or something like that. But it, it's always, it, it is surprise. it has the capacity to be surprisingly deep although it you know they tend to go with whatever the audience is uh throwing at them whatever is funniest although greg at one point did say something like kind of meaningful at one point so good on him for that um but yeah it it was it was a good time um i was afraid it was going to be way more embarrassing than it was just because they Chris. they they took it easy on you. I they ha- did. I have to I say, think, I think that was Chris's Christmas gift. <laughs> it was. I. It was. I. It's not that it always bothers me. It's just like it, it is a known quantity that we're going to engage in this. Uh, yes. This sort of thing, and it, it's. It's, it's scary and interesting to see how it happens. It's just it's just how Chris displays his considerable love for you. Yes. And the thing is he does it to to other people as well because he knows so many people like he will call people out in the middle of other reasons. But but sometimes I think you're his special project. I I uh, think that's fair to say. Um, I I have never seen him call out one person so often at shows or at uh, panels uh, as you. That is true. Um, Phil actually did get propositioned for a date during the panel by one of the attendees, which was pretty cool because that like that that is exactly well, the, the thing was was that Phil was trying to be nice. I think maybe was a little hesitant to say yes for whatever reason. Well, I think it's I think probably because. You know, person who comes in and announces they're single in the middle of a right. panel about date, like this could end badly. Well, you know, or very it, well. She did it in a very nice way, though, because you know she's like, "Hey, it's your birthday. Let me take you out to get some, you know, some dinner somewhere." She did, and uh, you know, there, there's kind of an inside joke, and I think I don't know who started. I, the first person I heard it from was Lionel, and uh, you know, they they just said, you know, you gotta eat when you can. And uh, it was one of those things where, you know, she's asking him out to dinner. Phil's kind of like, ah, I don't know. And then I just yell out, you got to eat when you can, Phil. 
said that earlier. Yeah, they, they actually said, did say like, it before the panel started. They they made a reference to you gotta eat when you can. It was amazing. Because everybody took it uh, in their own way. Their own way. They did that and, with a few other jokes and, and I almost like you almost wanna like lecture to the audience. No, like enjoy enjoy statements like red happens on valentine's day without trying to turn it into i don't know what you're turning that into like that's just weird you're going to a weird place yes but uh no i meant it in literally every way that you could have taken it (laughs) you know you know what what, whatever way is either funniest or least offensive to you that is the way that i meant it um oh it the it was good it was a good time. Um, not too much more to say about that, although um, Phil was bragging about how uh, he had gotten the attention from girls for playing in different fighting game tournaments. And as as we stated before, we came down there on Saturday. Saturday was the only day that we went there. And he starts talking about how he won the Marvel vs. Capcom tournament on Friday. And I, I'm sitting there in the audience. He knows I'm there. I'm like, Phil, I wasn't there. You know, and everybody kind of chuckles. But as soon as the panel ends, we go to the gaming room. They have Marvel set up. So we're like, okay, we're going to throw it down. Because we hadn't played Marvel before. Because Phil's mostly into Street Fighter. um, And, you know, he's only recently kind of started playing around with Marvel to try and learn. And mostly it's just (laughs) playing it for fun. It's not a competitive game for him. But, uh, gentlemen, do you you want... do, Do any of you care to recap what happened so I don't have to? Um... I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, "Epic Beatdown." Yes, yes, that was. Yeah. You know, I, well, no, I wasn't to, there, but I know the outcome. It, to Phil, to Phil's credit, to Phil's credit, he he held his own as well as I generally see anyone uh, do. It, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like this monumental from the beginning. Okay, he's never going to hit you. This is going to be a shutout. It it wasn't that. I mean, he he did well. It is, it is what happens when two people who are really good at fighting games play each other, which is you dance around for a while and don't deal much damage, and then one of you takes an entire life bar. Yep. Yeah. Or two. Well, but here's the thing. like I And I you trade not, that back and forth until someone wins. I, I am not into fighting games. I generally never have been. I don't necessarily like, and, I, and even less so would I want to watch other people playing them. But it was really interesting to watch you know, two people who are actually like good at fighting games and actually, you know, are are trying to get better. Um, it was a really interesting match to watch. A friendly game, not a uh, straight up like tournament. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, but but it was still it it was it was, they actually managed to make a fighting game look interesting to me, which is saying something, believe it or not. Well, Phil was talking a lot of shit the entire time. I'm just like. No, I'm um, no, no. He did he did about as well as you can in, in you know a, a three zero that first set, but you know, it, yeah. He he hasn't been playing it very long, so I, you know, good good on him for for playing and sticking with it. Yeah, because a lot a lot you know you you have two reactions: either you quit or you get better. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that was that was a fun little th- uh, aside there. Um. I think after that, um, I th- I'm not sure what you guys did. I told around in there for a little bit longer, and then yeah. um, I think we got in the autograph line, which that that took some doing. Yeah, yeah, that was it was it was odd because it was originally supposed to be, from my understanding, it was supposed to be all because it was the Dragon Ball Z signing, and it was originally supposed to be all the guests that had had parts in in Dragon Ball Z. Um, but we found out, like, pretty much as soon as we got there that Mike McFarlane was not going to be there. Um, as I recall, it had to do with the, like, really just god-awful ice storms yes. that had happened in Texas, um, had, had kept him from, from showing. And, but for some reason, Sonny Strait, who was there, was not, like, he was, cause I saw, I think I saw him, like, right after the signing, like, he was at his table signing and it had a good line. But I don't. I wasn't sure why he was at his table, which was uh, not very far, but still not part of on the main stage where they were doing the signing. Um, like yeah, he. 
Yeah, go ahead. That seemed a little weird. I don't know if it was just like a space issue on the stage, which I don't know if that would have been, but... No. I wonder if it's because, because since Sonny had a table, like his own table, he was probably selling his own stuff. Yeah, he's probably from... selling some ElfQuest stuff, I would imagine. So it may be that um, that just it was easier for him to do it at his table because he had all his stuff there and, you know, was was pretty much already set up to do that. Right. So maybe it was easier to just leave him at the table and direct people over versus, um, versus you know, trying to, uh, you know, get his stuff secured so that he could come up to the to the autograph line. Right. It may have just been a logistics thing. Um, yeah. But you're pretty popular in line, as as I could as best I could say. I'm I'm telling you, once once you you get a girlfriend, um, the ladies just can't get enough of you. I don't I don't know what it is. It's magic. So once 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 there's competition, suddenly oh he's desirable. Yeah, well, I, I should. Why don't I desire him? I I better start desiring him. Oh, I can't have him. That makes him appealing to me. Um, yeah. I told Daryl she needed to get in there and regulate that mess. I it, it, it have never bad. had this experience. Well, you don't go to enough conventions. That is true. Oh. Now, yep. the, the, the lady I talked to was was perfectly nice, and I, despite everyone's uh, opinions else uh, to the to the contrary, I, I really don't think she was actually flirting with me. Plus, I'm I don't think pretty, she was either. Shut up, Dylan. Plus, <laughs> I, well, no, I'm just saying, like, uh, I wasn't harassing you about. This. I, I like that he was trying to help you, and yeah. uh, you're like, shut up, Dylan. Yeah, this is my he, life. Dylan, Dylan wants to support me by crushing my ego. Thanks, Dylan. Shut I, up. I am. It's kind of it's kind of how the world works for me. I don't I don't know any other way. I haven't learned any other way. I I'm not buying into this uh, this whole she wasn't interested in you. She talked to you. We were in line for like an hour ish, and yeah, she talked we to you the entire time. She seemed kind of young, though, so, like... Maybe, but... She seemed kind of young, but she also seemed just old enough. I don't know. I'm almost positive she was not 18. I I could be wrong about that, but uh, as I recall, she she referenced her her 16th birthday quite a bit. So, <laughs> you don't know um, if that was you know a year or two ago or like a week or two ago. So yeah, that I I cannot for the life of me recall because again still we had a like very we had a very young. long conversation. So, but now I know a lot about Tomb Raider and why I don't want to play it. So that's that's good. It's still was, super young to be uh, like flirting with you, eh. and vice versa. It's it's the beard. It's it's definitely the beard. Everybody loves the beard. They funny. keep commenting on it. It is weird. I get a lot. I do get a lot of a lot of uh, a, a lot of talk about it. But anyway, um, no, she was perfectly nice. Although the the best part of the exchange for me was because I was talking about how we did a lot of conventions as press, and she was like, at, at one point she was like, "So press is is that what you do for a living?" I was like, "No, <laughs> no." Say yes. No. Or she says something like, oh, you make money at that. And I was like, we do not. <laughs> no. no one does. No one does. But no, it Ex- was... Except it, for those guys. Fuck those guys. But no, she was she was perfectly nice. And now I know that if I get on YouTube one day and find a film called Amish Horizon, that she was behind it. That's, that's, that's my big takeaway. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's, that's a long conversation. Um, but it was very interesting, and and it 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 was a good way to pass the time in line because the line was a little odd. It was uh, it was slow for a very long time, and then it picked up. Yeah, that was because it was we we got in line like I think we both lost track of time. Is what happened because I had originally intended to get in there like right when it started, and I showed up. Like I think ten or fifteen minutes late to it, and it was it was wrapped well around the corner and and back to the end of the hall. Um, yeah, I just walked out of the dealer's room and saw you standing there. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get in line. So yeah, so it was, and like you said, it it was really like it was so slow for a long period of time that I was really like, okay, they're gonna cut us off because they had they were they needed time to set up for like the cosplay contest and. Um, 
So I was just certain there came a point where we had moved maybe 10 feet in like well over half an hour. So it was getting close to the, to the, it was like 15 minutes until the, the thing was supposed to end. And like, okay, they're, they're never, we're never going to get through. And I, and I did, I did get a chance to talk to somebody, one of the staff members as we got closer, cause he said something, he'd asked me, actually he had asked me, so did they tell you that you can only get one thing signed? And I was like, nope. And he's like, oh, and, um, which wasn't a problem. I only had the one thing to sign, but, um, your body parts. Yeah. No. Um, I know I had a little Dragon Ball Z wall scroll, but, um, but he had said that the reason well, that's, he had, um, what? Yeah. He had mentioned that, the, uh, that the reason that it had gone slowly was there had been like, there one there had apparently there had been one person that had really like monopolized the time like ten minutes or so talking to I don't know if it was Sean Schimmel or Chuck Huber or both of them but <laughs> um, there was I guess one or or more people that were toward the the beginning that really like monopolized that their guy. time yeah which I mean everyone has the inclination to be that guy in an autograph line because you want to let's let's be honest what everybody wants is to express their their affection, admiration, respect, whatever for this person in such a way that the person will remember them. But, I mean, that's subconsciously, if not consciously, that's what anyone in an autograph line would kind of like. But... Uh, sometimes it's best to not be remembered, depending on what you're getting exactly. remembered for. Exactly, because think about the story. If you ever go to any convention where they tell like convention horror stories and there are guests of the convention present to tell stories, you, you hear things and, and then you, 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 you're one of your two, you're going to have one of two reactions. Oh, thank God I'm not that guy or, or, oh shit, shit. I'm <laughs> that guy. Or, that doesn't sound so bad. What's the problem here? No, no, no. I refuse to believe that any... You, you... I I wish I had, you know, that that faith in people, but no. I just... I I, No, I can't allow... They will not realize what they've done, even when they are uh, presented with... With evidence. Yes. But, um... So, yeah. (laughs) But they managed to to get everybody through which was much to their credit for letting the a lot of conventions are are not going to let the autograph lines the autograph sessions uh spill over because let's face it usually the guests have somewhere else to be so for whatever reason they let it go like i think it probably went like 20 30 minutes over when it was supposed to end yeah so that was cool um and, go ahead i, I kind of it still kind of befuddles me that they let somebody monopolize that much time, though, because it seems like there should have been somebody there to say, "Hey." Well, and there know. were there was a staff member up there by the time at least that I got around the corner. But who knows? When it first started out, it may just have been a case of a miscommunication. Because the thing is, if you were up there at the front, if the staff there, because I'm ostensibly there was one or two staff members, you couldn't see around the corner because you would see about the line went maybe. 10, 20 people, and then it turned a corner. So maybe there was a logistics issue there because I'm assuming the staff there were there was staff constantly present in case there were real problems. But so it could just be that the staff up there didn't know how big the line was and didn't realize how much time it was taking. That, or maybe so, they were just taking a bathroom break. Uh, possibly. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's not a bad theory. I mean, we can speculate, but yeah, not being yeah. up there at the time it happened, it's, yeah, it's but really it, hard to say. But the, the, the takeaway for me from that, though, was that they actually, you know, made sure that everybody in line got to get an autograph. You know, it wasn't, okay, we're, I'm sorry, we're going to have to cut this because they have to be somewhere. And they didn't, and they did at some point say, okay, we, you know, you can't spend a lot of time talking to the guests because, you know, this is, this is obviously there's a long line and a lot of people want to get through, but they didn't get like, they never became like douchebags about it. You know, it was, that was, they, they, they went down the line telling everybody once they never had to do it again. Yeah. That could have been problematic for me because I only was in line. I wasn't even in line to get an autograph. I was only in there to, uh, just say a quick thank you to Sean Schimmel because he, uh, did, did some, uh, 
promotional work for us for uh, the Anime yeah. Fans Get Back to Japan fundraiser a couple of years ago, so I just wanted to thank him for for, uh, yeah. for his help with that, which I got to. Um, yeah, and- but really, I think you didn't take as much time as you were allotted, because like I got down the... When I got down off the line... Um, you know, they, the line was still moving pretty well, and and I th- I think you actually cut yourself a little bit shorter than you necessarily had to. Well, you know, at the same time, I said everything I needed to, and yeah, you know, I, it it was just more of one of those. It was one of those things I felt like I needed to do, but I don't know that, uh, you know, yeah. It, I I didn't need to make a big production out of it. No, so. no. and and I have to say. Um, Sean Schemmel and Chuck Huber. Um, actually, this the it was really cool because they they I've never seen them at a convention in this area. Um, both seemed like really really nice guys. Like I'm I'm hoping that they were really easy to work with for like the convention staff. Um, that they actually are decent people because. They they both seemed really really nice. Uh, Sean Schimmel, I happened because I, I mentioned that um, that actually one of my favorite roles of his was because I had the Dragon Ball Z scroll. I was like, actually, my favorite role that you've done is Gonard on Kappa Mikey, which nobody remembers because nobody freaking watched it because nobody had the Nicktoon Network when it was on. Um, but but I I loved it. Um, and I and I'd said and I can't remember the exact line, but I was like, and actually one of your lines, the uh, this is my mustard face. It goes over my regular face. It's like my sister and I still quote that to this day. And and with and that was all I said. So and he, what? That's where you got it from. Yes. And and like he immediately did the line in the Gonard voice. I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't ask him to. I wasn't trying to prompt him to. I was just like. I love that line. We still quote that. You were really excellent in that show. And and then he just does the line. It's like, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, we. I. He says something that, uh, that he really appreciated the Kappa Mikey fans because I'm guessing there weren't very many of them, so it's he, not hard to appreciate them. He appreciates both you and Liz. Yeah, I think, honest to God, we may be the only ones. Um, and then and then Chuck Huber was was really great. He was funny. He made some really god awful. Uh, Dragon Ball Z puns on the word Saiyan, um, and God bless him for it. But they they both seem like really cool guys. So I, I was even with the line and everything. Um, I I was I don't usually do autograph lines anymore, but I was I was actually happy that I did. Um, let's see. After that, I think we went to the KFC with the mezzanine. Was that what happened? KFC with the mezzanine. With the mezzanine and the uh, ghostly apparition of the colonel, who in the, in the, who appears in the window, who appears in the window somewhere out <laughs> over the parkway, and then you think to yourself, "I'm gonna have to just stab myself in the face until I manage to hit both my eyes because I do not want to see that." And uh, we were there for a while. What? We were there for a while. I think we just dicked around for a yeah. good maybe hour or so. It took it it we yeah, we took our time. No, there was a for whatever reason, above the counter, like the way the KFC's laid out, there's like there's a sort of second floor area that you can sort of see out over where the where the line would be, where the counters are and stuff. And then you can also look out this huge window these huge windows out onto the, the parkway in, in Pigeon Forge. And for whatever reason, above the counter space, um, not quite like eye level or anything, but up above the counter space, there's this huge neon sign of Colonel Sanders' face, and the and it's over that. But I was looking at because it was dark, it was getting dark, and I look out toward the parkway, and you just see the reflection of this blue neon outline of Colonel Sanders, and you think you've lost your damn mind. Really? Like it I is, saw it, and I was like, it is scary. It is frightening. I don't. I don't care what you thought. It was frightening. You have a you have a firmer grip on reality than I do. I fully admit that. I thought I'd lost my damn mind. I think the great thing is you look at it and you you do wonder if it's if it's intentional or if it is happened that way. If it is the only reason it would be intentional is that you are wanting people that eat on the mezzanine 
to go crazy, kill themselves to stop the madness within them, and then they go through their pockets looking for money. You know, uh, here's the thing, though. Pigeon Forge has so many neon signs, so many lights. It's probably just second nature to them. They don't even think that this is weird to people outside of their, you know, their culture. Um, you know, people from other lands, countries, lands. Yes. Um, like, they, like Knoxville. Yeah. I mean, they just far away places. You know, we, we don't think about writing on paper the way they don't think about, uh, using neon signs. Yeah. It's that, that, that That's... might actually be the case. That actually does make sense. That makes an alarming amount of sense. Anyway, um, I think after dinner, we ended up going to, uh, to the retro part of the gaming room because the, yeah. uh, the the rock band portion was full and yeah yeah because they basically the way they did the gaming room because I don't think we mentioned this it was actually in three different hotel rooms yeah the Ramada yeah um, which is I mean very very close to the convention center space so it's not like you had to go very far for them and then they were sort of just split up one was like rock band and like Call of duty like shooters and rock band i think was one of them and then it was like fight the next the next room over was fighting games and rhythm and dance games and then the next one over was retro games which was like nintendo super nintendo genesis atari uh what else did they have they had like a con- they had like a like an arcade console with a bunch of games on it yeah and they actually had a uh Apparently a reprinted or, you know, some other fabricated copy of Nintendo World Championships, which the original versions of those are extremely rare and sell for several thousand dollars a copy. Yeah. I think it was con- a store called Control Freak Video Games that ran their uh, digital gaming, um, which is located in Pigeon Forge. So, But... Uh, they did a pretty good job. I mean, for it was it was it's an odd kind of space situation for them, I'm sure, um, because like you you basically have instead of like most gaming rooms, you know, you 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 can post somebody at the door to make sure you know like nobody runs off with a console or a game or something, but you basically have like three small hotel rooms with people constantly coming and going so i mean they did a really good job with what is logistically a little problematic especially with the amount of space they had because you know if they if they moved all the pan they moved all the panel rooms out of those uh those rooms and the the main uh convention center so i mean they they you know gaming tends to be at the the bottom of the priority list in a lot of cases that is very true. So, and we got to like you guys played the Nintendo World Championship cartridge. Uh, Dylan did really well at that too. Yeah. yeah, but being pressed, we couldn't actually enter. Like apparently, the guy told me that I could have probably topped the list. I think, but really, like yes. I know, he, I know, I overheard him saying like like you were definitely in the running. Yeah, so, well, it was like a. All I did was I just burned through the Super Mario Brothers as fast as I could and spent as much time on Tetris and yeah. I played a lot of Tetris. But it, so that was a shame. That's a, the first time being pressed is kind of bitten us in the butt. Though I did have my pre-reg, so I could have just like flipped around the badges and like, no, I actually did pay to get in, but I was like, why did ah, that's you? kind of a because that's kind of a dick move. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That's the reason. No, no, no. Here, here's the thing. Like, I can't use. I, I feel. Like, I, I pre-reg because I want to support the cons, but at the same time, like, I can't just, like, selectively go, oh, yeah, I can get in here, I'm press. Oh, yeah, I can enter this, I'm not press. No, <laughs> you, no, that's, that's exactly it. You can, because the press pass is for one thing, and the regular, uh, attendance is for another. So if, if you're paying for it, and you're essentially paying for a privilege that you're not using. That's that's what I would argue as well. Okay, well. Yeah. yeah. Um We wouldn't have been there anyway to get the retro. But so. we did find out um we did find out though that apparently uh Shaquille O'Neal is the greatest fighter in the world. Man, that game sucks so hard. But yes, yes um Shaq is incredibly broken in that game. I because we played several matches and if you played 
as anyone other than Shaq against Shaq, you could hit somebody 10, 20 times more, and Shaq would still have a ton of life. Shaq yes. hits you seven or eight times, and you're done. You yeah. know, I noticed well, that, like, because I played Shaq against you, John, and then you played Shaq against uh, Charlie, yep. and, yeah, like, Shaq, Shaq always, always won. won. Also, I noticed, it's so crazy, but, like, one of the characters, when I was playing against Charlie, I'd do damage, and I guess I must have... I should have been doing like combos or something, but like you would just heal it up automatically and it'd be like, yeah, I don't know how I was doing that, but my, my life bar like kept going up. I don't even I'm know like, why we're talking about Shaq Fu this much. This in because, because the, the world the, must do you have something better to discuss uh, on the agenda? Never forget the well, main they, media never gave Shaq Fu the coverage it deserved. It was but Nintendo power. Here's, here's a, here's a very special lesson though for any for anybody is that um by all means expect that the title character of a game is going to be the most powerful like yes. it seemed like a, it, it seemed really retarded that that Shaquille O'Neal was the the best and they were like oh his name's kind of in the title of the game of of course of course they're going to they're going to make him He's he's a professional athlete, which ostensibly means he has quite an ego. Yes, he's going to be broken. It, it suddenly suddenly things start clicking. Yeah, uh, but I guess to step back, they actually in their retro area they had a Nintendo and Atari running combat at the time. Uh, an N sixty four, Super Nintendo, some sort of arcade cabinet. It had like three versions of Pac-Man, Galaga. It must have been running like an emulator or something. But yeah, and then they had the Nintendo World Championship, so they actually had a really good retro section. In addition to fighting games, having a DDR machine or not, they had a game. They had like a laptop running Stepania set up. Oh, you know, doing shooters, doing Rock Band, like the stuff. And I don't know if. I don't know if the other rooms were like this, but with the retro gaming room, what was also really cool is that there was a selection of games per console. So if you didn't like the game that was playing and there was another one on the list, you could just ask somebody that was running the room, hey, I don't want to play Shaq Fu anymore. I want to play, you know, F-Zero or something. But of course we didn't ask because we're... No. Uh, well, we were... I mean, we, we entertained ourselves pretty against. well with... Well, no, we entertained with ourselves with at hand. And and Super Smash Brothers and Nintendo World Championship. It was fine. It was fine. Yes, it was. Nintendo World Championship. That was a really cool idea for a competition. Yeah, yeah. It's that one that you don't have to be there at any certain time. It's just yeah. You know, and you can and you can day, pretend you can, And you can pretend you're Fred Savage for a day, right? And that, for, they for where the hell that kid's name is because what? Fred Savage wasn't actually the wizard it was no. the kid that couldn't actually act so they gave him no lines to the entire movie yeah but we, we they I think it, rather than calling it like World Nintendo Championship they really should have called it the uh, the Fred Savage experience right that, that and, the, been... and then at the end you play uh, Super Mario 3 yes How before it's out before it's out. They, that's what they do. They put the cartridge for Super Mario Brothers 3 in and say, you're going to play a game that's not even been released yet. Okay. That would be awesome. How good would that be? <laughs> Esports, get on it. Oh, I, I love this idea. Uh, and I think the last thing we did was the uh, the Manpower concert. Yes. Um. Always, always fun to see those guys. Uh, we've seen them tons yeah. before, and would uh, gladly do it again. Uh, they they did some uh, Christmas themed versions of their th- of their songs. Uh, yes. I I thoroughly enjoyed Rock and Roll Santa Claus. <laughs> um, yeah. No, no, yeah, was it Rock and Roll Santa Claus? Yeah, they did Rock and Roll Santa Claus instead of Rock and Roll Time Machine, and they did Anime Santa instead of Anime Anna. Oh wait, it was Rock and Roll Christmas Tree. Oh yeah, Rock, rock and Roll Christmas Tree. I'm sorry, was, you're right. You're right. I couldn't remember the Santa one, which is why I was like, wait, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, that. It, oh man, they. Those were so good. It was. Um, oh, I. That I they've their production values are getting better. Yes. yes. I mean, like there's been a steady progression of like. 
their shows just just there there are things that you expect that they always do and then they there's there's something that you're not expecting that they just kind of up their game on and you're like oh so you're always like you get you get the things you you go there expecting and you get a little more than you were expecting yeah we we get to see you know some of the the subtle improvements in their performances and uh this is the second time we've seen uh, GT sleeves with the band, so. Although at least for one to two songs, I don't know where the hell he was. I'm assuming, I believe he was probably down one of the halls, uh, giving a private concert. You have to imagine, because he does that. He just he just jumps off stage and runs away. You still hear him playing, so he hasn't gotten too far away. Um, and then you figure, oh, he has found someone that isn't actually at the concert to go bring the concert to. He is he is concert on on delivery. It who else does that? Nobody. And and uh, you know that's that's why you really get your money's worth at a manpower concert, especially when uh, Chris calls out Dylan for texting. That Wait, <laughs> did didn't you get in for free? We did, but other people didn't. Can, no, they definitely got their money's worth. You, so, so you got your money's worth, and your money's worth was zero. No, I'm talking. I'm talking to the audience. I'm saying you get your money's worth when you go to one of their concerts. Not when I go. I get my money's worth out of everything because I don't pay. I refuse yeah. to. I, you know, I have been on the other side of uh, the the looking glass. I have seen how the sausage is made, etc. <laughs> what whatever you want to say, I have been there and. No, I you know I'm I'm not going back. I've I've tasted the good life. <laughs> I, I mean, I I will support them in every way that I can in my capacity uh, with Chainsaw Buffet. But yeah. you know, if if you're talking about just purely, uh, you know, just gonna go back to being a regular con schmuck. Uh, even if Chainsaw Buffet ended, I I just I'd stop going to cons. Like if I didn't have press to do anymore, <laughs> like, I wouldn't do it anymore. Like. Oh. After doing interviews with the guests and stuff, it's like sitting in an autograph line, man. That's bullshit. I'm gonna go there and you know spend you know twenty thirty minutes with them and ask them questions. <laughs> oh well, no, okay, Dylan. Here, here's here here's here's the here's the real test, Dylan. You paid to get into the convention. Did you get your money's worth at the Manpower concert? Um. Yes, I, I would say I get I got my money's worth at the entire convention, but yes, also that includes the Manpower concert. Well, there you go. Dylan got there, more than he bargained for. I, I, would say. I always get more than I bargained. That's what he gets for texting at a concert. I wish I wish every concert everywhere were like that. That if somebody in the audience were texting, the uh, the performer on stage would go, "Hey, hey, stop texting." Um, I think it's only me. Like, if it was anyone else, he'd be like, "Yeah, whatever." But uh, if he knew their names, he probably would call them. He was, that is true. But he was, he was, and he was also getting down off the stage to do something. So I think like that, uh, you know, the the lights were no longer in his face. You know, so yeah, Cody. It was, just, it was the wrong time. Cody, I think, seems to enjoy us at the concerts as much as we enjoy him because we're yeah. just kind of standing around and you know I'm, I'm starting to pick that up like at, at 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 one at least at one panel he basically said that and then at two different concerts he said i just like staring out watching looking out uh, out at you guys <laughs> well no actually he was um at the uh dating advice panel he was like so everyone's gonna go to the manpower concert i didn't say anything because i'm like well, it's kind of later in the evening. I don't know what everyone's going to be doing. And he's like, Dylan, you didn't say anything. I'm like, well, yes, if we're here, but I didn't know if we... Plus, <laughs> I don't yell stuff out. Uh, yeah. USA, USA. Uh, USA, USA. Um, and that was that was pretty much our, our time there. Um, any closing thoughts on the matter, guys? Um, I, again, started off with, like, some serious reservations as we pulled into the, to the convention, but over the course of the day, it's like, okay, they've actually, like, any, I think any concerns we had from last year were pretty well erased, and any that I had walking into the, to the convention were pretty well erased. They did, um, they did a really good job, and, and we haven't really mentioned this, but, their guest list was pretty amazing, actually, because yeah. they had, 
I mean, besides having uh, Sean Schemmel, Chuck Huber, they had Sonny Strait, who is just a fantastic person. Um, who else did they have? Yeah, we we should really give a reach around to Sonny. <laughs> That's an old reference, folks. Yeah, go go back on oh, so Face YouTube channel. There's maybe, maybe you'll find it. Yeah, there's a there's a video of Sonny Strait giving us a reach around. Um. But, they had uh, uh, Johnny Young Bosch and I Shine. Yes, yes. Uh, and I and and I am going to get it wrong. It's either Paul Saint Peter or Peter Saint Paul. Um, and then there was, I wish I forgot my program, so now I don't have the list in front of me. But I, I was really impressed with their guest list. Like I mean, it was, it was several big names. Um, yeah, including at least. Three guests, I guess, that I have not seen at any any convention since we started doing anime conventions. I mean, they do conventions. But I mean, like in this area, the ones that we tend to uh, attend, which tend to be some of the bigger ones in the in the sort of Tennessee, Georgia, um, Alabama area. Uh, but because I've, I've the closest I know that Sean Schemmel's been has been like Ohio. Yeah. Um, and Chuck Huber, I don't even know. I, don't, I have not looked at a convention lineup and seen his name. I mean, I'm sure he does conventions, but again, hasn't done one around here. And to do one, which at what is ostensibly a smaller convention, for them to be able to get like Sean Schimmel and Chuck Huber and and all these other great guests, Johnny Young Bosch, all these other great guests, um, that I mean, like that is some some seriously concerted effort to say. Okay, we are gonna have. We are not the biggest convention around, but we are gonna have a freaking A-list guest lineup. Yeah, that was that that I I that may have been one of the more impressive things, if not the most impressive thing about the convention was just like the the effort they obviously went to to get guests that you aren't gonna be able to go to just any convention and see. Dylan, how about you? Any any final thoughts? Um, I pretty much agree with what Charlie said. Like, it's it's really good to see a um, a new convention, you know, improve. And not that not that they were bad last year, but to you know, they're going in, don't know what they're going to get, and then figuring out where the problems are and fixing them, and you know, really like upping the game each year. Um, I know we've seen a lot of this is our second or third year for a lot of cons like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even I'd even lump in like Hamacon um, and uh, GMX, where you know they're kind of figuring things, uh, the specifics for that particular con out. And you know, I'm uh, interested to see what they'll do next year as well. Mm-hmm. Chad, any, th- any final thoughts about Yamacon? I didn't get to go. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, final. Um, I I do want to once again uh, just sort of praise them for uh, really taking themselves to task um, over a lot of things that you know. I, I think if we recognized uh, some of the issues last year, I'm sure they you know it's it's pretty clear that they did as well. Well, and, when I I, I want to sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to say like it's not like I don't feel like they did anything wrong last year. It's just like you go into well, a new. They, uh, it's it's one of those things where, I I'm not placing blame on them, but this the space was definitely an issue last yeah. year. You you know yeah. you could not get around. I, I can't. And they figured out. Well, they learned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that and that's and that's my my ultimate point there. It's it's not a. It's not like saying they they necessarily were you know at fault for that. They they worked with what they could last year, um, but they definitely uh, took another step this year and worked on uh, making even more uh, out yeah. of the space that they had available this year. So I yeah. you know really do appreciate them doing and, that. And keeping in mind that they're only a second year convention, right? Like, yep. Like imagine, I I. I find it hard to believe that you'd find a second year convention that was able to pull off as much as they were able to pull off compared to like from the first year to the second year to be able to do all of that. 
Yeah, it, it showed a, a tremendous amount of just general savviness. Yeah. Um, but uh, an excellent job this year. I, I hope they continue on this trend of yep. improving and, and, you know, booking guests that aren't common to this area. Because yep. um, I, I think they've got, you know, some potential to do a lot of really good things um, in an area where... Uh, there aren't a lot of conventions. There aren't a lot of conventions in, in that part of Tennessee. And even with Anime Southeast, I think there's definitely room for the both of them, considering how far apart they're spaced. Yeah, yeah. one is a winter, one is a summer. Yeah. And and a big and in case we haven't said it, a big thank you to the convention for letting us come and and you know. Absolutely. Um I don't know that I've had the pleasure of, of really talking to some of the convention uh, officials, but um, you know, as far as dealing with people through email, um, they worked very quickly. We got in very late in the game, and they were more than willing to accommodate us. So yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, very grateful to them for uh, for helping us out and uh, really just uh, letting us cover the event. It was it was a good time. Mm-hmm. But uh, if if nobody else has anything else, uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us this week. Um, we'll be back. Next week with, you know, just more of uh, the the normal type things that uh, you guys should be used to. Dicking around. Um, got some stuff in store uh, for the holidays. Hopefully we'll see how that pans out. But uh, anyway, guys, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>